start this Hello bitch. and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of Finally California. It's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show. Shut up. What the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> no, I'm just like you're, you're, you're just sitting there watching it for like five times. No, no, I'm, I'm waiting for it to fucking go through the motions. So I can I'm waiting for you my- to go through the motions of introducing our podcast. Okay, fine then. Hello, <laughs> listeners. Welcome back to the Doctor Danger Radio Show with their bo- agitated boys, James and Edward. What's I'm good? Ed- I'm Edward. Going to be a great show today, everybody. Oh, we're here for another great show. That's right. If you are listening, following, or just chilling. Like good brother Nicholas, off where you live. Yo, what's up, Nick? What's up, Senor Nick? I hope you're having a wonderful day whenever you're listening to the podcast. Yes. This is a uh, good host, James, and obviously your good brother, Edward, on the other side of the mic. That's me. I was taking a video for my Instagram story. Still learning the <laughs> app. I haven't punished the app, but I was like, I feel like I should also um, just, f- I had a stupid idea about the processes of the podcast, but either Sorry, I got a little tongue twisted there. We're back today, obviously with two things. One, the casual album review of Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion Part 2. If you want to listen to Part 1 or Appetite Destruction, those are now archived. And we're here today for Episode 3 of Rock of Love. But to anyone that has listened to the podcast, there's always timestamps if you want to go to the media of the reviews. But let's talk life on... Audio. Okay. This is the part where we personally talk ourselves. Yes. This is like the Joe Rogan is. This is like, I guess. And then we'll we go don't go for four hours. Yes, no. And like, he has different people. Yeah. Forget, ah, dude. Like, sometimes talking podcasts are interesting, but it has to be someone I might care for. If it's not, then I yeah. kind of whatever. Because it's most of the time, it just ends up the host repeating his fucking stories. It's yeah, like, exactly. I've heard this shit like how many times now? Or, or like, or like sometimes I'm really picky on other podcasts. Like if I'm like if I'm looking for a podcast that's like discussing something I'm talking about, I kind of feel the vibes of the host. And like if they're off for me for a second, I'm just like, yeah, no, yeah, no. So there's different types of podcasts for us. Reviews a little bit more easier. I think so. Because we don't have to bullshit ourselves as much. We usually just have material that we can play off of. But what's good with you? Good host, Edward. Well, um... I uh, so some some neato things I guess I was uh, working on music that was cool. Um, I was late. Cracking open a cold one. I was late today because I had to put gas. Uh, pretty much the only thing that was uh, the note the the interesting thing I did recently was um, uh, last night I watched that. Uh, did you see that Bob Ross documentary they threw up on Netflix? I don't have. I do not have Netflix. So oh, it's, I do it's, apologize on that. It's one. this really uh, interesting thing. It was put together by his son. And long story short, it tell it tells a little bit about you know Bob before Joy of Painting, then when he had the painting show, then after. But the main thing is it talks about how kind of fucked up the Bob Ross Incorporated business is. Not because of Bob Ross himself. The the movie reaffirms that yeah no Bob Ross was a cool guy, but uh, the folks in charge of the company, the uh, Ann and Walt Kowalski, they're uh, 
they're fucking crazy and insane and douchey. And yeah, it's um, I, I'd really recommend watching it. It's a really good, it, not you specifically, but anyone listening. It's really, really good, especially if you're a fan of Bob Ross like I am. It's good stuff. Uh, other than that, I feel like I had something else to say, but I can't remember. So rip. What's good with you? What's good with me? Well, last time on the podcast, well, before we went on the podcast, reason why we also said we recorded early was that I went and took a trip to Vegas. And believe me, if you're ever curious about my opinions on Vegas, you can always go back to any of the Rock, the first two seasons of Rock of Love, the episodes about Vegas. But I'll tell you this. He doesn't like it. Yeah, I don't like fucking Vegas. Now, was this trip like what I say? This trip is the best trip of Vegas. Sure. It's the one that, like, the least crap happened. Sounds like a low bar. For the most part. It is a very, very (laughs) low bar. But I will run down that weekend because I'm sure it's interesting enough. Obviously, freaking, I made myself down there. I picked up the good friends of Thomas and Bone Steel. And the next day, right before we leave, I was like, all right, Mr. Thomas seems like his phone was dying on him. Had to go get a new phone. And it's like... Wait, what? You need to get a new phone. Why couldn't you have done this on your own time? And then it's like, I get it. He's on a family plan with like good friend Bone Steel, so I guess he needed him. But it's like, hasn't your phone been dying a moment? But either way, we go to the phone store, and that turns into an hour and a half fucking debacle. We're supposed to have left an hour and a half prior. Now we're getting like, now we're arriving to Vegas like later than we want to. Oh shit. So then we're kind of fucked there, but we stopped at some Cracker Barrel, <laughs> got some munchins from Cracker Barrel. And on the way, I remember, hey, the, there's a fucking abandoned water park. We, you want to do some basic bitch spelunking? <laughs> Went out there, did some basic, bleh, basic bitch spelunking, took some sick photos. I know I got some of me, but I think they're mostly on a good friend Bone Seal's phone. He hasn't sent it to me. I haven't punished him about it, so I'm going to say that's more on me on that one. But either way, then we make it into Vegas. And for, for first off, technology, we didn't have to go to the front desk. We could self-check in through the app. But we couldn't fucking find our way to a fucking proper elevator. Oh, no. Since it's like, one, we kept on ending the conference room since like there's two bridges from where the parking lot we were. And we went on the other side, then the other one. Where we end up walking through the arcade where I got all my fucking luggage and shit. But we found the elevator. And we got to our room. And obviously, Mr. Goodfriend Bosteel, he's all hype because he loves Vegas. Like a fucking whatever goddamn reason. He loves he's the all idea. stoked and hype. And he just wants to just get going. It's like, all right, let's turn the range knob. Now I can say the first, like, but we also planned it too. It was like, oh yeah, that night was also, we wanted to like friggin' hang out and watch the premiere of Rampage, the episode of AEW's Rampage. The one where CM Punk showed up, yeah. which we already got spoiled. But like, I would like turn on my phone. It's like, oh, I'll just like look up on the Facebook or Instagram. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. Look at see a punk. <laughs> yeah. But like it was suspected, highly like suspected. But we want like uh, but for, for sure we kind of chilled out, went and got some like stuff from the like target across the street on the strip, which is like a freaking hodgepodge of fucking lights and like sensory overload. But prior to watching Rampage, we were going around like literally, like literally, if you ask me all Vegas, like, dude. Every fucking resort has the same fucking gambling machines. No big difference. Big whoop. 
But whatever. Like, played some slots. Then I played, like, some video blackjack. I had a good game going where I was, like, I think I threw in, like, $20. And one moment, I was able to get up to $90. And my goal was to reach 100 But then I lost everything. But I was, like, my goal that's was, like. how it goes. But that's the thing. It's, like, I was, like, dude, I had a very good dramatic game of blackjack. Every time I was, like, I'm done, I would win and win. It's, like, dude, I can't, this game won't end. <laughs> the game keeps going. But I would say it was a good game. I was pretty conservative. I, I think I only spent like $50 gambling. I didn't make any money. But I didn't care. Because I can tell you, all this stuff was the fucking same games everywhere. Yeah. So not much like Big Whoop. Ugh. But You then probably we- saw some of the uh, famous... Um- Slots YouTubers walking around there filming and didn't even notice. There's a bunch of them. Don't even give a fuck about slots YouTubers. Well, no. actually, you are a connoisseur of the slot game. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, there, there, there's one specifically. His name's Vegas Low Roller, who uh, he's this guy. He's like, uh, <clears throat> hello again, my friends. Vegas Low Roller here. $100 Renos into the machine. $100 every day, guys. Here we go, guys. That's how he talks the whole video. He never shuts the fuck up. Kind of fun. But yeah, that's what I was thinking of. He goes there with his mom. Cool. He's got like a hundred dollars a day to spend on the slots. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, plus you don't like live next to the casino. True. Unless you want to go to like a ta- a town, just like a mini casino there. Yeah, it doesn't have slots though. Just oh. like poker and uh, blackjack. Physical yeah. gambling. Yeah, Lame. I know that's hard. I don't know how to play. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck a flush is. Whatever. Friggin' and obviously our key cards are on our phones and like I remember what one time I got fucking stuck because I couldn't get service on my phone to get my key card going so that was a fucking nightmare but we got some pizzas watched Rampage I think we went out some more that evening kind of walked around but it's like all right I kind of want to chill because I had a fucked up work week of like most of my days only like sleeping five hours because I was busy doing something mostly stupid but either way and then the next day. Like, slept in pretty good, woke up, went to, I guess, the fucking Italian, like, Italian market, so we got Italian street food, which was really dank and stuff. Miss good friend Thomas was like, because we walked by Chicken Waffles, and Thomas was like, hey, do you guys want to go to the Chicken Waffles? But I'm sitting there like, dude, I don't, my mouth's feeling punished from, like, the pizza, and, like, I kind of want something just more chill and easy. This Italian market looks a little bit more chill and easy. Let's just grab some just good food here, and the food was good. But then we, uh, yes, because that day we had to go to fucking SummerSlam, and we first was like, all right, after getting some munchies, we went back to our room, got ourselves ready. We walked over to a superstore set up at the MGM Grand, which the superstore was like literally set up on the other side of the MGM Grand. Let me tell you something about Vegas. There's like nothing but walking. What's so fun about walking, but you get worn down if you're walking all day. Yeah. And it's like, like everything is like sensory overload, so you're entertained, but it's deceptively longer than you realize walking. Either way. Sounds about right. And then, like, we're like a mile and a half away from, like, the stadium for, like, SummerSlam, and we're, like, chilling outside, like, I don't know, want to just check for, like, a Lyft and Uber and stuff? And we, like, looked it up, it's like, if we wait and save, it'll be, like, $16. So, freaking, we get in there, and holy fucking hell, (laughs) it was a nightmare to get to the goddamn stadium. This my drive our driver, she kept her chill. So good. Like it was frustrating. Like roads were blocked off. 
You couldn't figure out a way anywhere. That's but she dumb. literally got us up to near the parking lot. Where it's like, this is the best I could get. It's like, dude, you did more than you needed to getting us here. I feel so sorry. But then I got like double charged on that fucking ride as a like driving around. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. But after that nightmare, I was like, fuck it. She earned it. She deserves it. Yeah. Like, what was supposed to be like $16 and like $8 tip, now was like a $41. I paid out $41 for that, which was like, ah, uh -huh. God. <laughs> and then we're now at the event. It's pretty exciting. Cool seeing new Raider, the Raider Stadium and stuff. It was like, our seats were like, we got nosebleed seats, but there was like monitors in places where we can just see the action just fine. If you've ever been to like a WrestleMania, you know. It's like, it's not the best wrestling show, like, visually to watch, but it's pretty cool to chill. Like, people were excited, like, people were excited to watch Baron Corbin, like, people were, it was, like, kind of lively for, for freaking Baron Corbin and Big E, so it was like, That's okay, good. well, I guess it yeah. should be a fine show. I'm glad for Big E. Now, the show was supposed to end by eight, because there was a Pacquiao fight, and I'm sure there was a couple people at the show wanting to, like, see the SummerSlam and then go to the Pacquiao fight. But the show went fucking four hours and 15 goddamn minutes, which was like, that's bullshit. What the fuck? Oh. Another bullshit thing in the whole stadium, all their systems were down. What do you mean they were down? And here's the thing about the stadium. They're cashless. Everything, if you want to buy something, it had to be with card. Unless it was the WWE stands, which I guess was separate. The whole fucking system to buy food and everything was down. So then you're going to get fucking food and shit. And they have lots of sick food there. Literally, there was like one hot dog stand giving like, okay, we're giving away free hot dogs and shit. Free hot dogs and a drink. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But it's like, dude, I want the fucking like freaking Hawaiian pokey nachos and shit. Dude, they had like a lot of cool shit there. They had a caparotis. But no, all the scissors are down. You couldn't get shit for food. That was a nightmare. And then the event went fucking long. And, like, it was alright. Like, I was disappointed that the friggin' Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie match wasn't as, was more, wasn't as more horrible. It wasn't funny. It was, like, this seemed competent. Maybe on TV you can laugh more. You're upset that they had a not bad wrestling match. They had, like, no, I wanted it to be horrible. <laughs> where it was laughable. But thank God Bobby Lashley Goldberg had a hilariously horrible match. You know, that's 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 insane, and that really sucks about the systems being down, but more importantly, did you buy me that $100 Vince McMahon shirt? No, I did not. God damn yes, it. Yes, there was a $100 Vince McMahon shirt. And it was we just a t-shirt. Yeah, oh, Vince McMahon. Yeah. I was like, what? The event was ridiculous, but once it was all done, then we, like, walked around, and this is where I entered, like, one of the fuck, entered the circles of hell. Oh, no. We had to try to find food, because we're hungry. And fucking the stadium fucking was down, so I couldn't just munch there. Right. So we had to go walk out Vegas on a Saturday night to find food. Oh, fuck. So you could guess, what was a fucking nightmare? And we ended up walking all the way to the Caesar properties and stuff for some reason, because, like, Bone Steel was just reliving his fucking times in Vegas with his, like, girlfriend, which he eventually realized, I'm just kind of li reliving my time in Vegas with my girlfriend and stuff. Like, cool beans. It's like, cool, have your introspective journey, like, bro. Like, literally, like, we didn't get food till fucking two in the morning. And I'm just like, fuck this. Ah, God, I hate Vegas. Such a fucking bitch and like it was kind of cool because we were like eating there and like xavier woods was there like not far from us and like oh shit xavier woods but it's like i'm i don't want to punish people while they're eating that's rude 
but we were cracking jokes. We we're just sitting there because he had a fucking horrible segment on the show. Who did? Xavier Woods. Oh. Yeah, the fucking super, like, friggin', like, squirt gun. Oh, right. It was yeah. a fucking nightmare. It's like, literally, it's like, this would only work if there's a Stone Cold pop. Like, Stone Cold lives in Nevada, so hopefully. But, no, no Stone Cold pop. I'm supposed to talk more about SummerSlam. I'll tell you this. The Becky return? Bullshit! Fuck, yeah, Becky Lynch return. And I was like, okay, that's cool. That's pretty hype. But then she does, like, a fucking 25-second, like, squash on Bianca Belair. I'm like, and I realized, dude, I'm transported back when I was at WrestleMania in fucking, like, New Jersey, New York. And I don't have luck with Becky Lynch on these big events. Or That's any luck. I always walk away. I was like, whatever Becky Lynch did was fucking horrible. Well, to be fair, I mean, that, that triple threat match wasn't a bad match. It was just really late at night. Really late at night. For and a it show ended that in was a very really, horrible fashion. It ended with a roll-up. This is just a squash match. I don't... It yeah. was bad. And, like, dude, the dude next to me was like, fuck you! Fuck you! It's like, dude, that guy's a vibe right now. I fucking just like... I, I, I boycott <laughs> he, Becky Lynch. He, he was just... He if was I'm just, at another WWE event again, which I don't want to be, but I'm sure I'll find myself there, because friends... I'm going to boycott Becky Lynch. If she has something exciting, I'm like, no. Every time. Oh, come on. It's not her fault. I just have no luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not her fault. And then, like, I'm trying to think. Yeah, no. Vent went late. That Bianca thing kind of hurt because they've been really trying to build her it up for a while. It was fucking dumb. And, like, they have her. And then, listen, if they want to have Becky Lynch return, get the title, great. But why it's SummerSlam? SummerSlam and why against Bianca Belair, who's like literally one of your rising stars right now? That bummed me out, but you know Becky's money still. And then there was like Edge and Seth Rollins, which was like the first like first half was like paint drying, like it was good, and I was suspecting it. But you got a lot of people going boring, boring. I'm just like I know what this match is gonna be. It's gonna get more exciting around the end. It got pretty exciting. I said I was a good match. And Roman and Cena. Oh, was, how dare they have pacing. Oh, well, the pacing was really slow. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, you know. And then, like, Roman and Cena was, like, fine. Like, I'm surprised they gave him 24 minutes. I felt like I thought they were going to give him somehow more or less. But, but yeah. Yeah, well, the show was supposed to end at 8. Yeah. But Vince McMahon, he'll, he'll like, okay, sure, and does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. But freaking, yeah, no, Roman and Cena was good. But my dude, my favorite match that night was Lashley versus Goldberg because it was laughably bad and it had a horrible ending where I was howling. What is what's how, other people? Uh, <laughs> how Ashley, Lashley whipped too much ass and the match was over, and I was just howling. <coughs> yeah, I, it was like bad. It was like literally sitting. It's like, dude, this match was so exciting. Someone might actually die. <laughs> Like, dude, dudes are like these big beefy muscle men were just like landing straight on their heads. I'm just like, bro, this looks like a this looks like a fucking train wreck. Well, it kind of is a train wreck. This was the match I wanted out of Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie. Specifically, by the way, what he means is Bobby Lash beat Goldberg by referee stoppage. Yeah, because he just like whipped on his legs and Goldberg just couldn't like stand anymore. Yeah, because, and I was laughing because yeah. it's like that finish was horrible and in front of forty five thousand people. I was howling. Ha ha ha. You know, if this had been like 2005 or seven, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg would have been maybe not a dream match, but that would have been a match where people would have been like, yo, this would be lit. 
now that was my personally my favorite match because it was just so entertainingly bad and also really scary to watch. <laughs> now, but like uh, now, Roman versus Cena, I would say that match was good. Kind of same thing. It was like fucking paint drying as it started off, uh, but then it was like people were living and dying. Yeah. With the, like, Cena and Roman shit. Like, dude, I had this one older dude that was all Roman, and I had, like, a bunch of kids behind me, all Cena and shit, and the dude was going so hard. Like, the dude was cursing at the kids, and I'm just sitting there laughing. Because it's like, Cena does something, it's like, yeah, go Cena! Roman kicks out, and the dude's like, yeah, Cena fucking sucks! And I'm just like, you're yelling at children, bro. <laughs> it's fucking Roman Reigns, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Maybe I don't give a fuck, but... This is a this is actually more entertaining the match, but yeah, I know people were living and dying, and I'm just like, dude, this is the most entertaining thing. That for sure, I could say out of a wrestling event. If you're chilling and there are people that are into it, this is like, dude, you're living like these people are living or dying, and just like, dude, it's just a mood. The mood's so solid, but yeah, that was entertaining. But then yeah, now back to the fucking circles of hell. Oh yeah, no, I talked about SummerSlam because I didn't talk about much. The fucking, yeah, we're like near Xavier Woods and we're cracking horrible jokes because we're sitting there. It's like, oh, what to say to him? I'm just saying, just go up to him. Hey, man, freaking, um, your segment sucked tonight, but nice cock, bro. Because he had that fucking sex video oh link with God, Paige. Oh, my God, James. That was just a horrible joke we kept on saying. It's like, hey, bro, your segment tonight sucked. It's like that. It's like that. But means, nice cock, bro. It's like, it's like, have you seen the one? It's like Duke Nukem or Kronk from Presume Group, where it's like the dude's like, hey, Nice cock, bro. <laughs> or like Kronk, it's like, whoa, nice cock. <laughs> uh, there's another one too. I've seen like I've seen a Sonic one. Hey, that's a nice cock, bro. <laughs> that's like it's like it's like one of my favorite. Memes. I know positive things to say other than like, oh yeah, he had a fucking leak vi- sex videotape with him getting it on with Paige with Brad Maddox being his cameraman in one of them. No, there's one. There's there's one in the hotel, and uh, it's really weird because there's a camera shot. They had like two f- angles going. One was one was a far away angle, but then in that angle you could also see Brad Maddox there naked, also filming them too. So like, fuego. That was a. Those were some fire memes at that time. Fuego. Those were some fire. And it memes. doesn't help that a little bit. I think afterwards, then Seth Rollins' cock got leaked <laughs> on the YouTube. Yeah, it's very pointy. You seen his cock? I actually have not. Me seen, and Jake. I've not seen either of those gentlemen's cocks. I was just saying that as a freaking pretty like hilarious thing to say, but I didn't because you know I'm not a fucking asshole. It's like I'll come up with like asshole jokes, but I'm like I'm not gonna do that. That's rude, especially he's having dinner. But seems like his good friends are like his old ladies. So it's like. That'd be dumb. But then, yeah, I no, eventually got my food. And once we were like, it took like fucking goddamn 20 minutes to get the fuck done. When, once we we're all done with our food, it's like, I want to pay and leave. I was literally crashing the fuck out in the booth. Oh, fuck. I've had that happen before. I was like, dude, I just want to go to bed. And Boastel's here. is like, oh, I want to go to Treasure Island. Come on, bro. Turn the rage knob up. It's like, dude, I'm so tired. Oh, my God. Is Jake fuck trying me. to get you to kill him? I literally was like, once we're paid, it's like, I was just power walking the fuck back. And I thought, like, 
Good friend Bonesteel and Thomas will just like go off and do their own thing. No, I guess we're all heading back because I guess maybe good friend Bonesteel had a sensibility. It's like, okay, maybe it's a little late. Yeah. I'm feeling tired too. And I'm sitting there just walking and I'm just like, fuck, dude, I might be in a ninth circle of hell right now. But then I like got to a point where I saw like this one lady being held by her friends because she's hammered and walking back. It's like, it's Vegas. I am most likely in the fifth or sixth, like, friggin' circle of hell right now. I'm sure people have it way worse than I do. But holy fuck, this is a long walk back to the hotel. I was ready to die. And then, the next day, leaving out of Vegas, there was fucking traffic to the fucking border. And it was still traffic on the way getting in the fucking, in the middle of the desert. Well, you gotta remember, there's only like, from our state, there's only like three or four ways into Nevada. Yeah, and it's like, God damn it! <laughs> it's like, I like, I had to work the next day, but it's like, I want to go to like one of our fa- favorite restaurants, Grill Mall, for some munchins. So once we got to Grill Mall, I was like, I'm just gonna write a bullshit text saying I got a flat tire because I'm out on like the weekend and stuff too. Because I can't call out sick because we live in a pandemic. If you get called out sick, you need to go take a COVID test. And that's like a two day venture. And like, I don't want to get like fucking them getting stressed. It's like, you know what? I'd rather just say mechanical failure or whatever. And then freaking got delicious burgers and oh my God. And then like, we're just chilling outside having burgers and then we meet this one fucking douchebag outside that's like, I was like, we're kind of hanging. This gentleman comes up asking for a lighter. We're panhandles for a lighter. But then he starts also panhandling for a cigarette because he doesn't have a cigarette. And then he starts talking to us about whatever kind of thing. And like, we start talking about school. Actually, because on most of the trip, we kept on talking about like schooling and entrepreneurship and stuff. He's talking about schooling. And I'm like, I'm not doing school right now. And then he's like, I was like, I'm not my thing. But then he's like going on like freaking like you need to it's like anything that matters in life is degree. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and like we just like a little argue, a little tension there. But then he tries to tell me a shock story because he's going to law school. This guy fucking like been in school for like what, like six, seven years. He's now going for another four years. I'm like, fuck, dude, you're literally giving a fucking decade of your life doing the schooling shit. Yeah. Unless it's entertaining you. And all it does in the end is just give you like. A freaking earned income. Maybe a better one, but that doesn't freaking like, that isn't the be all end all. But for him, it was. I'm like, no. And he's like sitting there trying to like, what, you try to beat Bill Gates? I'm like, God, no. But fucking just going to school for without me with no purpose is dumb. Yeah, it's a waste of money. Yeah, or if you like freaking don't, if, unless you're going there for a possible job. But at the same time, I was like, why have you been in the work field? Because... You gotta, it's like, there's part of it's like, I would rather you go out and work first if you are before you go into school, because then you have a purpose and know it's like to be out in the field working. And then you go into school and then you know it's like to go out and get a job and stuff. Yeah. Because like, there's a lot of people that go to school and don't know how it's like to really get a job. Yeah. Or really know how to work. Yeah. That's why you, that's why you get those folks where it's like, you know, they're about our age, mid 20s, but they're just like, the uh like just the whitest of white meat where it's just like wow you got like no real world experience bro i know and that's why i feel like a job would be better on that too but for him we're not gonna go into like a whole entrepreneurship versus schooling that will be a fucking hour podcast on its own right there but i remember just dealing with that douchebag because he's like say like oh yeah like he's i'm the center like you're wasting a like fucking decade of your life and he like telling me like oh people will say like school's not good that's just a cop out it's like no 
This Wait, what do you say was a cop out? Like if like oh it's like school like schools like freaking people I think that school like going to school isn't worth it. Yeah, I know. Go learn on the streets. I'm like, no, it's not a fucking cop out because there's life is chaotic and so many variables. I would argue nowadays street smarts is street smarts quote unquote is just for lack of a better term is probably more important than it's been in I don't know a good now he of said he was years. going to law school but then he's also trying to tell me like a freaking uh, try to like shock us to tell us like a story because he was working as an intern for fucking uh, custody like children custody and stuff yeah and freaking him like saying like oh yeah these people raid like peeps in the middle of the evening which is like horrible to like the tr- child's like mental development it's like. Yeah, I know, I know. Babe, you don't have to tell me that. I mean, like, were you trying to shock me or something? Like, this whole like this sounds it, like someone who's very, very proud of himself. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, another thing too, because we said we're coming from Vegas, and he's like, he started off as like, yo, fuck Vegas. I'm like, I vibe with you, and he's like saying, dude, I lost all my money. I lost two thousand dollars. I'm like, ouch. He's like, how much you lose? I'm like, I don't know. I only spent like fifty bucks, and he's like. You only spent 50 bucks? And like we all like spent like 50 or 60 dollars. That's like kind of what we lost. Bro, and he's the like, fuck is this guy? And he just sounds like a confrontational douche. And yeah, and then the guy's just like, Well, I don't know if I could trust anyone that hasn't lost two thousand dollars in Vegas. I'm like, What the fuck does that mean? I'm like, why do you fucking care? You're the one that's coming here panhandling my our, my good friend for a cigarette for starters. Oh my god, listen. And then the guy is like it's like, I don't know, can I trust you guys? I literally told him, I was like, dude, I don't think I'm ever going to meet you again. Do I look like I care? <laughs> and then he's like, say, hey, I got some Coke. You want to help me finish it? And I literally say, sorry, no, I don't do drugs. Oh, my God. And then he says, God. he's like, well, maybe I'll go meet like a lady and like maybe I can bum a drink off her with this Coke and stuff. It's like, fuck that guy. Dude, what a and fucking douche. Yeah, no, and I literally just walked away. I was like, you know, he made me think in like school versus not school and stuff. And like, it made me think, it's like, I know the value of school, but all school does is help you become, get you maybe a higher paying earned income. There's three, there's three incomes in this world. And plus all the debt, a decade worth of school, unless he's not paying for it, which is good for him. I would have to pay for school. And I'm like sitting there, it's like, no, there's a little, there's better ways. If he's coming up to you with losing $2,000 in the casino with cocaine on him, but panhandling for a lighter. I have a feeling this dude not is lighter. not- lighter. That was a scheme to start off. Hey, I'm asking, cool if I ask for a lighter. He's like, actually, I'm kind of, do you mind also give me a cigarette? I kind of just want to like, I actually came here for a cigarette. It's like, this guy. There you go. Yeah. A guy who lied about asking for a cigarette. I don't think this dude is paying for his own school. I really don't. Because, like, and he was, like, only 25, but I'm sitting there, like, dude, I've, like, had to work and stuff and also be homeless. It's, like, everything. It's, like, I could go to school. It's, like, I got friends that do all audio stuff, too. But, yeah. like, when I asked, like, what their assignments were, it's, like, I already know what to do in that, like, situation because I've been doing research and doing it on my own, so. Yeah. There's a, there's a little variables. I understand school if it needs to be a necessity, but all it ends up is an earned income that doesn't help you build a portfolio. It doesn't give you an idea what it's like to build a portfolio or a pa- and, and a passive income. There's right. three incomes in this world, and all school does is just work on the first one. Yeah. And there's yeah, too no. much chaos. And there's too much chaos and variables in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. That guy's annoying, but so's the other opposite of the spectrum. The ones where it's like, oh, dude, school is completely fucking useless. Have I, have I told you how I read the Communist Manifesto? And it's like... Uh, I, I don't know. The, the, I, don't, I don't know which group's more annoying, but yeah. I, I read the I Communist think- manif- Manifesto. Cool. Have you worked in a union? <laughs> 
No. Union, unions are the devil. Have you worked a fucking 60 hour work week? No, I'm self-employed. Have you paid it to, Have you paid? Well, that's not. Com- I wouldn't call that too much on communist. See now, no, that's not communist. Yeah, I but self-employed is more on the. Say. No, self-employed is more of the entrepreneurism too. Because I rather feel like at these days, it's better to work on your creativity. I'm a professional photographer. <laughs> hey, dude, some dudes are hustling at it. I'm yeah. not gonna disregard. Like I could diss them as like people, but if they were like hustling, I'm not gonna like disrespect them on that. See, I like to do both. I like to be like, yeah, you've made a lot of money, but you're still a massive cock. If they're a massive cock. Yeah, if they are one. Yeah, that all comes up people like, but yeah, no, that's like we knew a lot of we knew a lot of folks we went to school with that ended up trying to do a lot of those side hustle things. You know, they uh, they have all their long hair and they're all crusty and they're all like, or they're like, oh, I'm gonna play the stock market or I'm gonna just what? chill at a party house. What? That's what I do. Yeah, but you're crusty. Yeah, but like <laughs> you literally said, oh, play the stock market. It's like that's what I do. They're crusty. I was homeless. And then it's like, and, they, and, and then you're telling me a party house, like that's what I had. And they're you, and they're usually kind of pretentious and have like unnecessary senses of self worth. You don't have that last one though. Unnecessary senses of self worth. Yeah, you're decently humble. Oh, yeah. You mean like beyond where it's like, a yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like that guy you were talking to, completely delusional. I don't know what he was delusional about. I don't know. But he was delusional about something. He was on the ideas, and here's the thing: like I could be a naysayer to him, and he was being a naysayer to my ideas. But then, no, that dude was like actually. It sounds like actually actively coming at you for a fight for some reason. Not really, but it was like there was awkward tension. I was the more being the aggressor. I'm like, no, school's not necessary, especially if like you haven't been out in the work field and stuff too. That's all. It's like. And the end, it's like, yeah, school is all will get you a degree. Is that going to help you with communication? Is that going to help you build a network of people that you know? Is it going to help build up your resume? Is it going to help help you um, build up your core skills? You yeah, know? no. There's so much. Did you hear that cricket? I heard a little cricket. It was a yeah. loud ass cricket. But yeah, no, that's there's good. There's pros and cons to going to school, and there's pros and cons to not going to school. Are, the point of the story was, I think that Vegas sucks. Oh, no, Vegas fucking blows. <laughs> it is like the fucking circles of hell, and I hate going to Vegas. You know they're going to Vegas in this season. I don't know for sure, but it just it just makes sense. Of Rock of Love, I mean. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> well, they usually, like, fly out. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll just go to Atlantic City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they're all on the fucking south or east coast. That's where all his fans are. Yeah. We're talking about, like, Rock of Love. But, yeah, that was my trip. I went a little long-winded, and we got two things to review. Son of a fucking bitch. I mean, that was your fault. I was just chilling here. Well, I'm sure you want to hear my trip to Vegas. Well, yeah, I do. And I apologize for going so long. There's <laughs> timestamps. There really is. By the way, I noticed on our last episode, you uh, you found out how to like do the timestamps. But now if people click them, they can go right to that time. No way. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. I. No, I'll- I didn't. No way. What? No. No, I'm serious. No way. No, I'll, I'll go to it right now. No, I can check it myself. I'm already I'm already there. Yeah, see, look. Your illusion, part one. You put it in parentheses, 1805. I click 1805. Wait, the, the parentheses does something? And then Rock of Love, 4855. I'm going to click that. Shit. All I did was just do it in parentheses. That's all I changed up differently. I guess that's what you have to do. Okay, whatever. Works. Dope. Like, I just, like, knew it, like, never was a quick link, like, a quick link. 
click. It was just more like, okay, here, just move it forward around that we've time. We've made life, uh, we've uh, made some quality of life changes to the show, everybody. Oh, now you can click to the, now the timestamps actually like click on something. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. Want to talk about Guns N' Roses? Let's talk about Guns N' Roses. Okay, so this is Use Your Illusion Part 2, a.k.a. the Axl Rose Can Play Piano Power Hour Part 2. Um, well, here's the thing. Yeah. Last album. Yeah. It was like 50-50 on the piano. That's what it sounded like. This one was like 90% of the piano. Yeah. I, like, have, I have my own feeling about that. That I'll... Uh, actually, well, I'll just... I'll just get on to it. Yeah. So we're fucking th- we're a half an hour in. I thought you were going to say we're three hours into the podcast. I know, I, well, it's like my like timestamp I hear for me yeah. to reference back to is thirty five fifteen. So we open up with track one called Civil War. And the first thing I thought of was. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of when I saw Civil War was <sighs> fucking iced earth. But I wasn't thinking that, but <laughs> not till now. I was like, where are you going? Oh, he's going. It's a third. seven and a half minute epic. Bruh. I thought, okay, I thought I didn't know what this song sounded like, but then it started and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is the one with the whistling. So I did know this song. Um, it's a good song. I don't know if I would have opened my album with it, but the music is good. And as I've said, Axl Rose can play piano. Um, I liked, uh, he had some good lines. One I wrote down was, you, I forget how, I forgot how he said it. Cause I have, it's been a couple days, but he said like, you can't trust freedom when it's not in your hands, when everyone's fighting for the promised land. I'm like, yeah, you go King. Other than that, I, I, I will say this. I liked how the ending for the song was an up-tempo version of the chorus and it ends with a tasty slash solo and as the song fades out axel rose goes into the mic and says what's so civil about war anyway i'm like man that's so deep so deep <laughs> yeah what'd you think i checked the when i like this is like real time i checked the length and it's seven minutes bruh but then i was <laughs> down but the song it fucks it's pretty <laughs> much <laughs> I say it's a good one. I think the song fucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. This song's awesome. No, it's good. It was a good, it was a good way to open up your album. After all, I liked it. Um, track two's called "14 Years." I wrote here. It feels like these albums last for 14 years, so it's fitting. No shit. It's a bluesy little number. Sounds like it should be in a saloon. Not much to say. It's more not bad. piano. It's cat. Yeah, more piano. It's catchy and fun. There was nothing here that was really amazing, but it's good. I wrote down, bruh, this one's pretty dank, too. Yeah. Like, literally, it's like, we got two songs in, and it's like, dude, this feels like it's starting off better than the last one. I was going to say, you're in much better spirits than this one, uh, than the first part. Track three is Yesterday's. I liked this song a lot, actually, but I wrote here, if you take away Axel's voice and puts a generic yee-yee voice on it, this, could be, a, this could be a country song. A good country song, though. It's not too long, either. So, Yesterday's is another good song. I wrote down this was more of the same. No, it's more of the same, but it's still it's pretty like, good. It's like, that's what, that for sure is like, this feeling more of the same, but it's still very good though. Yes. Like, I'm enjoying it. It's like, you yeah, know, it's still not bad. I'm vibing. Track four is knock, knock, knocking on heavens down. Wow. Nah. Did you notice that the cover song for part one, Live and Let Die, was track four as well? And this is. Well, the, look at yeah. that. Um, so I feel like I was thinking about it as I'm listening. I'm like, you know, my feelings realistically should be similar to how I feel about Paradise City. They're both kind of long, both really repetitive choruses, and it 
goes on forever. But fuck it. I don't care. This song, Knocked on, on Heaven's Door, fucking rules. The song it, Fox. It's Fox. Dude, Knocking on Heaven's Door, it's like the best chorus ever. How do you not just knock, knock, knock? And, and then he does the higher voice after. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door. Wow, wow. Oh, Fox. So good. Yeah, He's no. cringing over there at my axle voice. I'm cringing. <laughs> but I'm dying. No, it's a good it, it sounds great. My thing was like, dude, it's knocking, bro. It's knocking on Evan's door, bro. <laughs> it's like it's an awesome song. It it's was written by Bob Dylan. So oh, yeah, so of course it's gonna be pretty good. Okay, track five is weird. The album almost falls off after this song. It doesn't, but it almost does. It's called Get in the Ring. And my first thought was, okay, wow, more of the oh, same. Oh God, this more, yeah, I was like, okay, more of the same bluesy stuff, whatever. But then, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, it picks up and suddenly, yo, it's a fun rock show. We have four kind of bows. Now we have an up-tempo song. Duff McKagan's actually on secondary vocals following Axel. He sounds fucking good. Halfway through, though, Axel gets this weird filter on his voice and it's mixed i don't know if they did this on purpose but it's mixed in such a way i was listening with headphones he's like right here on the right but it's enveloping everything so everything sounds muffled but not like they put a filter to make everything sound muffled it's just actual voice is just powering over everything and i was like i don't like this this makes my ears feel weird but i was like okay whatever and then axel goes on a rant about magazines yeah specifically this is what he says holy shit you got sound well i copy and pasted oh right there's lyrics and that goes for all you punks in the press that want to start shit by printing lies instead of the things we said that means you andy setcher at hit parader circus magazine mick wallach harangue bob guccione jr at spin what you pissed off because your dad gets more pussy than you fuck you suck my fucking dick you be ripping off the fucking kids while they be paying their hard-earned money to read about the bands they want to know. Print lies, starting controversy. You want to antagonize me? Antagonize me, motherfucker. Get in the ring, motherfucker, and I'll kick your bitchy little ass. Punk. Then a ring announcer comes on. Weighing at 850 pounds. Guns and roses. I'm not making any of this shit up. He's not. <laughs> it's in the... If you have not listened to this album or this song, dude, it almost ruins the album. I'm like, what the, like, it's not even a bad song, but I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, man. And then, yeah, so I guess the song's about how Axel hates journalism. It, 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 I got a couple chuckles out of it. What what'd you think? All right, so when it first started off, because I guess I go a little real time, the start off would seem like with more piano. Yes. Because this album's been mostly piano in your face. Yes. But then he became a rocker yes. that kind of dragged on a minute. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little long. But then, as you did, Axel goes on a rant on hating rock journalism, which I'll admit, rock and roll, heavy metal journalism. Fucking sucks, right? Yeah, it's pretty fucking trash. <laughs> it's awful. Like, Do you remember the link you shared me about, I think it was Metal Sucks talking about Rock of Love, and it was just like a two-paragraph thing talking about how the girls were ugly and like Brett was a bitch or whatever? But it was published on Metal Sucks as an actual article. And I'm just sitting there it's like, is this real journalism? <laughs> Maybe I'm a little like deprived because I like I use your wrestling observer s- subscription. Which and is like I actual like journalism. Yeah, it's like, you know, what? this is pretty good journalism and stuff, yeah. too. I like this. And then I do rock journalism like 
This is so fucking catty and corny. Yeah. It's also, it doesn't feel like, seem like good journalism. It's well, dumb. What does Corey Taylor think about rock? <laughs> yeah, and that's fucking rock journalism these days. If, like, they give a matter, if, like, oh, they can only write about what Corey Taylor thinks. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> Great creativity. I just thought I got real corny, but, like, yeah. it's a good song. <laughs> I guess you could get a good laugh with it, but yeah. it's just, like, the weird fucking boxing announcement, but whatever. Next song. 850 pounds. Guns and Roses. That 850 killed, pounds. That fucking killed me. Guns and Roses. So track six is called Shotgun Blues. It's an up-tempo rock song where Axel says he likes to dance and that you can suck his ass. Those are lyrics, he said. I don't know why I laughed a bit at that. It's fine. Good solo at the end. I wrote here, the album drags on way less than part one, which is actually kind of weird considering this That's is more one. ballad heavy. Wait, I wrote down that this was filler, but it was pretty good, though. Yeah. This felt like, okay, we're getting a little filler here, but it's pretty good. Track seven is called Breakdown. It's another whistling song, and there's a banjo. It's country. It's good country. Uh, like I said, a ballad. Guns N' Roses is good at ballads, so I liked it. It's kind of excessive. Um, I didn't... Um, it's no November rain. That's kind of what it's going for, the big ballad sound. But I don't know. Um, Axel does some weird stuff on this though he's like doing all these cheesy little ditties he's like in the mic going let me hear you now and he's talking about like snakes and with and tigers with wings I don't know it's fine you know I thought the song was pretty killer but then I'm like what the fuck is this Creole and accent that we got going on in my face that I'm hearing Maybe that's where Steven Seagal got it from yeah no, it was a little wacky but alright but that's my opinion next song pretty tied up parentheses the perils of rock apostrophe and roll it opens with a sitar and i'm like okay calm down george harrison okay what's going on here but i was but i kind of liked it you can really snap your fingers to this song nothing notable except for some reason again axel's just on some shit he, he is on he, some shit he says in the microphone cool ranch dressing like what <laughs> That's what he did. He's a cool ranch dressing. Yeah. Okay, Axel. I think the song that I said, I think I could say that the song is pretty, it was a good one. Yeah. But there wasn't really much to say on this one. No. I didn't get the cool ranch. Um, there might have been a cool ranch dressing, but <laughs> he said we've, cool been, we've had Creole and accents and him trying to fight metal, like freaking freaking rock journalism. Yeah. I think this has been more of the tame of the weird shit on this album. Track nine is called Locomotive, parentheses, complicity. Uh, I I felt the filler vibe very strong on this Don't one. Don't worry, I wrote this. As a, that's why I said this is feeling like filler. This is super filler. Um, it sounded, I wrote here, it sounded fine, but I don't know. It almost sounds like a scrapped demo of Rocket Queen. Like, it just sounded similar to Rocket Queen in music. But um, it, it also sounded like another song I knew, like an older rock song, but I couldn't put my name on my finger on it. Uh, I'll tell you this. The song did not need to be eight and a half fucking minutes. I was really upset when I clicked the song on Spotify and it said it was eight and a half minutes. It's more like 840 something. But yes, it's filler and filler should never be eight fucking minutes. Yeah, no, I said that this is feeling like filler, but then this became a fucking Guitar Hero song. Oh my God, it did. Yeah, that's right. It was right. just like just fucking noodling guitars where it's like, hey, this be fun to play on Guitar Hero, but listening to this fucking sucks. <laughs> and then I wrote down, it won't end. God <laughs> damn it. Like, as you said, it's like, this is like eight and a half minutes. I 
I'm also working, so if I'm listening to the song, I'm like, why won't this goddamn song end? Jesus Christ. Does it make your workflow feel like it's going slower or faster when you listen to long songs like this? Eh, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. I can't say. You know what's funny? That it's that the subtitle for Locomotive is Complicity, because clearly they were complacent and just chilling and just fucking jamming. That's what the song really became at the end. It just became a jam. So track 10 is So Fine, a ballad uh, that has 20 seconds of Axel breathing noises because it's a it's, it's, it's a super duper ballad where, where fucking Axel's trying to throw on the Enrique Iglesias voice where he's just like, you know I am the... He's trying to do something. I wrote here, it's fine. Not amazing, but it's fine. I wrote down that this was like a knocking on heaven doors ripoff. And, <laughs> Which but, is weird, but it's until on this album. it like it was like it started off with a like, knocking on heaven doors rip off, but then it got like really upbeat around the end or something. It did, yeah, it did. It picked up. It picked up. Next song, song eleven. Estranged. It's another ballad, and it's nine minutes. Fuck. I'm starting to feel like these ballads. Okay, I wrote here. Fuck. I wrote here. All these ballads, except for November Rain, sound the fucking same. Thoughts. My thoughts? Oh, this yeah. felt like a knockoff of November Rain. <laughs> I was feeling that too. I zoned out for a moment. You know, it was like, all right, this is getting bad. I was like, do I zone out? What the fuck? But then I, I guess I like it. It was good. It was good. Yeah, I was a little like, okay, what this is dragging on. But hey, you know what? But then the next song is like a perfect spot where you're like, you're at the lowest. You're like, oh, you're yeah. feeling the lowest. Here we low. go. Track 12, baby. You could be mine. I'm going to say it. This is a contender for best Guns N' Roses song ever. It's my favorite, and it's amazing and perfect. And it, the music video is amazing because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger going to a fucking Guns N' Roses concert, and they splice in scenes of the movie. And yeah, no, this is this is Guns N' Roses' best song. I wrote down Terminator Two. <laughs> That's basically what I can only think of the song. Awesome song though. And I also wrote down where. The song came in at a really good time. Yeah. We had like some of these slow ballads and I'm feeling like pretty worn down, but this brought me back to life. Oh, I'm like, dude, this yeah. song placement was like, all right, this was a very good strategic placement on the album. Oh, yeah. I was feeling a little worn down by the song. If this song wasn't on here, this Use Your Illusion 2 would have sucked. Yeah. Probably. And now the last two songs. You could be mine. So these last two songs are weird. It really feels like the album actually ends with You Could Be Mine. But anyway, track uh, 13 is Don't Cry Alternative. Because if you guys remember, on part one, there's a song called Don't Cry Original, where it's the same song mostly, but the lyrics are different and there's some slightly different uh, melody and uh, melodies kind of going on in some places. I listened to both back to back. I listened to this one and then I listened to the original version on the first one. They mostly sound the fucking same. There's different lyrics, so they're kind of different subject matters. Um, but if you liked Don't Cry on part one, you'll like it on this one. That's all I can say. I wrote down it's a good song. I, I, I wrote down. We already reviewed this song. Next song. <laughs> God damn it. I'm basically, it's like, <laughs> you wanted my opinions. Go listen no, to no, the next podcast. No, it's no, going to be the yeah. same. It's like, dude, we already reviewed this song. I'm not going to listen to the, the back, back to back. And then track 13, My World, it's a minute and a half rap song with Axl Rose rapping over hardcore industrial beats. This seemed like a new metal song. That's what I said. I was, was like, something. wow, this is a new metal song. And then it ends. I'm like, 
Weird out like that was those last two songs. It's such a weird way to end that album. Like you have you could be my yeah, but then you go to another version of another song off your other album. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But then you end on that too, and it's like, huh. This experience has been really interesting because Guns N' Roses for the for the two illusions and Appetite for Destruction, as we know, very passionate, dedicated fan base. They love them. I've seen folks use words to describe these two albums and Appetite as amazing, iconic, perfect, wonderful, uh, great, all that. And I will say, I'm glad I finally listened to them. I don't know if I love them, but I think I really like them. I love the singles. I wouldn't call them perfect. They're not perfect. And there are amazing songs. Yeah. Does it not have to be a fucking... (laughs) They did not need to write 30 fucking songs and do a double fucking album. But if yeah, I wrote down like, you know what? This was really killer, though. No, it was. Like... I'm this glad is, we did like, this. Like, this seemed like it had the same vibe as, like, Appetite Destruction. Like, Appetite had its filler moments, but yeah. I feel like the songwriting here with the pianos and everything was pretty solid. I was, Like, this yeah. was, like, I felt like this was good, but there were points, like, this album was kind of moments getting more the same. Yeah. So, it was, like, it was pretty consistent in what it's doing compared to the first one. First one... There were some fucking varying differences in songs. I was going to say, I was really wondering... But some of those really sucked. Yeah, I was wondering about the track listing because I was going to say, this album, play uh, part two, plays it a lot more safer, I think, whereas part one's more dangerous. Well, the, I feel like there's... I feel like... I don't know, but part of me feels like they're like these were tales of two different writers. That's what I part think. Part one, I felt like, might have been more of a slash record. If you look... And part yeah. two seemed more like an axle record. Yeah, if you look at the writing... I haven't really taken a look at part two but i know you looking can pull at part, it up on the wiki yeah i can do as i'm talking but i remember specifically um while i was uh looking at the um uh the track listing for use your illusion part two uh one a lot of the writing credits i mean of course they all had their parts but like most of the songs were co-written by like slash and a lot of the country sounding stuff uh, was uh, had a lot of involvement from Izzy and uh, and Duff. A lot of the hard rock stuff was mostly Duff, um, and a lot of the bluesy stuff was mostly Slash. November Rain, though, I forgot to mention this last podcast has sole writing credit to Axl Rose. Like you look at the track, it's like okay, Slash and Axl, Duff and Izzy, blah blah blah. But if you look at November Rain, it just says written by Axl Rose. Uh, I'm on Use Your Illusion Part Two and. Um, Okay, so Axl Rose, except for the cover song, has a writing credit on every song except for Pretty Tied Up, which is all Izzy Stradlin and So Fine, which is all Duff McKagan. But yeah, um, a strain, a strained was all Rose. Um, yeah, a lot of the ballads all had Rose's hand in them. Uh, let me look at part one here. And like I said, um, November rains all, it says all Axel. Um, yeah, you ain't the first in double jive, talk, double talk and jive. Those were all Izzy Stradlin. So, so yeah, I know all the songs that sucked on the first one were Didn't the ones. have Axel Rose. Yes. And like the, I like the, like the side, cause the side three and four all like Rose where I felt like this album got a little better. Now, like on Use Your Illusion part one with Axel Rose. 
that I was like, okay, I feel like, and it's like, you can see like songs that don't even have like slash on them too. So friggin' all right, let's get to go to user loser part two. Cause that's what I felt like listening to these back and forth. I'm like, all right, yeah. there's a tale of different songwriters and user illusion two was a little bit more consistent. It was mostly Axel too. Which, if you ask me, <laughs> Axel's, Axel's vision, a, I mean. Yeah, well, you tell me, Axel's a better fucking songwriter than these goofy-ass musicians. <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a hot take. But here's the thing, when you got 14 fucking songs, you're gonna hit the wall of more of the same. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, literally, if you took out, like, some of the fillers from this one, and then you took the, the best songs from, like, the from part one, fuck, dude, you might have a fucking legendary album. Yeah? A-plus fucking perfect album. But Pretty no. Much. We gotta write 30 songs... Fuck, you could have done, like, 14 songs, but if it was all 14 of your best songs, it would be, like, the best fucking hour-long album. Oh, dude, we we, we should have, uh, next, you know, it would be fun next time, uh, Yo, next time dude, when we it meet. it literally is all Axl Rose on the fucking second one, except, like, so fine as McKagan. Yeah. But I think we also McKagan. wrote- McKagan. Then we also wrote down, like, this is filler. Yeah. No, I wrote down this was a knock. It was a freaking a knock on heaven doors ripoff, but then it got an upbeat spot. So that was actually a fine song. Yeah, you know, it'd be fun next time we meet because next time Chinese democracy. Oh, you know, be, you know, it'd be fun. What if we like like went through our notes and we were like, you know what? What would our like personal vision for use your illusion be? Why don't we like pick the best songs? Because you were talking like you know if you just cut them and had just 14 killer songs it'd be great album ever. Well why don't we do that? Why don't we just like you know what let's pick the songs on here. Let's that make a Dr. Death Danger fucking user, custom custom user illusion. Now the thing is what would like what's our cutoff on songs? Well you said 12 four, or 14? Well you said 14. Do you want to do 14 or do you want to be you want to make it hard on us and do 12? 12. 12? Okay. That for sure I feel like would okay, be like Okay, cool, cool. You could almost say it's Unless like Unless we the, want to go industry standard and no, do 11. Here's the thing. I liked User Illusion Part 2 a lot more than 1 and I almost would pick it above forget uh Appetite. Ooh. Well, here's the thing. I like the piano stuff more. No, it's really good. I liked it, like, sounding big and ballady. It's, like, catchy. It's, like, this is why I feel like Guns N' Roses is why Guns N' Roses is massive. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Appetite Destruction is cool, but it's, like, it's such a time period. So it's, like, November such a time. Rain has, like, 10 billion views on YouTube. Yeah, it's, like... <laughs> Like for me, it's like Appetite Destruction is like a total time piece of the time period. Yeah, but it's like you're just getting a basic hard rock album, like the be like some of the best hard rock written songs. But it's like this one is like all right, this was like an epic. This okay, feels I'm like sorry, it's almost two billion views on November Rain, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, no, it's like I like this one because I felt like more the piano like big band vibes and stuff. I feel like it was sick. So I was like, you know, if you like ask me what I like more, it's like. Dude, I thought this. I feel like songwriting was a little bit cooler in Use Your Illusion Part Two. Yeah, but also at the same time, it's like I've also heard all the songs in Appetite Destruction on repeat before. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, and the interesting thing is that I was really thinking about the track listing for this, and like because uh, Side Two seems so like much more consistent with sound and stuff. Yeah, because it was like <laughs> one singular songwriter that I, helped. I feel like I don't know. I feel like they wanted to do the gimmick they did last time. Where like, okay, we have the gun side. We got the roses side. I feel like they wanted to do that, but if you really look at the songs, they had a lot more mellower slash ballady stuff than that. So I think that's why. But most that's of what the, helped them survive the times. I think that's they why they kept on one playing like they were just ended up like rat if they yeah. kept on playing the same shit. Like so, on I the think first album. I think that's why part two had more ballads because you know that was the roses side. So 
supposed to be. But the thing was, was that they were like, well, we can't put every single ballad on here because no one's going to want a Guns N' Roses ballad album. So I think that's why there's a couple. I think that's why November Rains on part one was because it's it, the only it's like the biggest draw for part one. Yeah, it really like the is. Alice Cooper song is good. It just died after <laughs> after being, November Rain. Yeah, I didn't hate some of those filler songs on part one like you did. I thought they were just all right. I can see their filler, but I at least appreciate that the album took risks or well, the whole process is a risk, really. The whole process is a risk or like pushed like musically. Yeah, if you think like, about what, the- Oh, well, we're just going to play more of the same hard rock and you realize, okay, we're in a, like a corny situation. But it's like, don't we like all like this piano bass? Like, Cause I'm gonna give Axel, rock? Because I'm going to give Axl Rose credit. There's only, except for the Spaghetti Incident, which is covers, there's only one more Guns N' Roses album, which is Chinese Democracy. Now, I know that album's a meme. took forever to come out. I have listened to it and I will say this. Axl Rose does consistently try to do new things with Guns N' Roses and cre- and have new ideas. He gets criticized for it for its execution, but I think he's a solid songwriter and he always tries to push that envelope. Whereas, and I mean this is no disrespect, but if you look at like Slash's other bands he's had, you know, Velvet Revolver, Snake Pit. yeah, Velvet Revolver, Slash's Snake Pit when he was touring with Miles Kennedy for a while, which was mostly acoustic stuff, but still. I wouldn't say it's more the same because Velvet Revolver is a little different, but you know, you hear and it's like, yeah, it's more hard rock stuff, but you know, I I feel like Axel's a a more riskier songwriter than, than Slash is. I say Slash specifically because when you had said, you know, you thought Axel was a better songwriter than all of them, that's a hot take because as I'm sure you know, Guns N' Roses fans are really particular, especially on uh, when it comes to merits of who's a better songwriter or musician and stuff. Um, obviously, Axel and Slash have squashed their beef now, but fans one still... Wrote, one wrote November Rain. <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, Slash in an interview was talking once how he wasn't a huge fan of Sweet Child of Mine because he was like, his words were something to the effect of, Who's going to want to come see this hard rock band, but then see this like big sentimental ballad? And then he's like, well, that shows what I know. And then that's their it. That has a billion plays on Spotify. And then November Rain's like debatably their biggest song. So, you know, (laughs) it's just a shame that Axel was such a douchebag. I think people would be willing to like give him credit if he wasn't like he's cool now, but he was such a D for so long that, you know. It was kind of like you had to let you could give him credit, but you had to put an asterisk next to it. Like, oh, yeah, Axl Rose is a great songwriter and piano player, but he's a, you know. Yeah, he's a wacky asshole. But this podcast is going to go for fucking ever. But friggin' quick, like, side off. This is like a tale of Van Halen 3. Oh, shit. The one album that Van Halen wrote most of shit, and it was just fucking riff soup, and it sucked. Yeah. That's a fucking disaster album. And Sammy Hagar will say it best. Great guitar player, bad songwriter. That's what Lindsey Buckingham said too, the Fleetwood Mac guy, because uh, he was talking about his guitar playing style and songwriting style. And he literally said that. He was like, yeah, I mean, you can be a great shredder like Eddie Van Halen, who's a great guitar player, but he doesn't write good songs. So that that's not a, uh, that's not a not agreed with uh, thing. I- I'm agreeing with you is what I'm saying. So yeah, that was the tale of that one. <coughs> Friggin', I guess we'll try to make a fucking super playlist or discuss it. We'll do 14 songs, but two of the songs will have to be Knocking on Heaven's Door and Live and Let Die. Yeah. Those songs have to be there. Live, those, like, two, those two songs, like, make 
but help we'll, make the experience. But here's the thing. It's like, that'll be a battle between you and me. Which would you prefer to like leave on there more? I think you don't care for live or let die. I would prefer live or let die over knocking on heaven's door. Oh, fuck. That's a good one. I like their cover of live and let die, but bro, it's hard to cover a song by a beetle, you know, and, and match it. You know what I mean? So we might as well just put both the cover songs in there. So then 12 of the originals. Yes. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. This but. should be good. All right. Let me uh, grab a timestamp reference <laughs> for me when I look it up. See, I don't mind the podcast going along when we're talking about music because I love talking about music. I just hope, like, I hope listeners that are like good friend, listen, like good, like listeners that actually listen to the whole podcast are beautiful. I'm glad you enjoy us. You just set us up and you're just like, hey, I'm just conversing with these two nerds. I vibe <laughs> or not vibe. Yeah, but friggin' yeah, I, th- I I think we have very neat conversations about music, but also the reason why I like it, I don't mind it when podcasts go along when we talk about music because it puts off having to talk about Brett. Yeah, which trying to grab that fucking timestamp. All right, I'm gonna say, yeah, you know what? Wow, great radio. I know, great fucking radio. <laughs> you want me to just start? Yes, start. Okay, okay. so Rock of Love Season 3. Now, the version I have didn't have a recap, so... because the version I didn't have a recap, but I'll basically tell you what happened last time. Sure. Holy fuck if I can remember last time. Um, (laughs) The episode was fucking horrible. We end up doing fucking Shockmaster and horrible freaking nails like voice modulation promos. Come on, give me a Shockmaster. (laughs) Okay, okay. I am... The shock mister. Yeah, so that was last. Yeah, that was like last time from us. But on the show, I do take the breath to be my lawfully wedded husband. Yeah. So over in the last episode, the challenge was a freaking wedding episode. Brett was able to pick three ladies, mostly because they're hot. Yeah. And freaking Brittany was getting murked. She got that's, destroyed. I think that's for sure is the most noble stuff. And oh, I, she went racist. Oh God! Because the That's name right. of that, because the name of the episode or the quote that they put for the video was, "I can't be racist. My grandfather is black." And Brett Bob brought Brett brought back the stupid VIP passes from season two. Which, if you guys forgot, if, if yeah, the lady they had has, a fucking horrible freaking quiz off, which I wrote the whole thing for. And it didn't and matter. It, it didn't matter because Brett's like, you know, I'm just gonna choose based on based on energy. Who's hot? I, I, I broke down. I think last episode was the most like manic I've ever been on a show. It's been a minute. Because fuck you, James. I wanted to keep watching movies. <laughs> I like the idea of our podcast being, you know what? Tunes and shitty B movies. That's my or vibe. Or even good movies. Because I was sitting there. I was like, dude. No, I'll watch a good movie for the fucking podcast. Like, dude. Like, freaking... New Spider-Man. It's like, fuck, dude. Why not watch all the Spider-Mans before the new one comes out? Yeah, man. There's a lot of Spider-Man movies, though. Do oh, yeah, you I also like... watched the new Candyman movie. So. Oh, how was that? Fuck Brett. Yeah, I'll just, I, this podcast will go on forever. <laughs> fuck Brett. I, got, I might as well change it. Well, I mean, you can just say if it was good or not. You don't have to recap the yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Okay, good. It was awesome. Didn't they bring back the original actor for it to play Candyman? Uh, yes. I thought so. Now, his relevance, that becomes a spoiler. Ooh, ish. Cool. Okay, so I don't know if you care if you're gonna see the movie. I might at some point. Oh, he literally shows up at the very end. Oh, okay, okay. The movie's like friggin' wild. Is it setting up a cinematic universe? Not really. Candyman versus Michael Myers. 
I'm kidding. I don't want. It'd be that. more like Hellraiser because it's all Clive Bi- Clive ba- Biker Baker? Barker Barker base. Clive Barker base. Funny you mentioned that. At least that's that. the OG one. This yeah. one was like um a little bit more different esque, mm-hmm. but like. This movie was still sick. Funny you mentioned Hellraiser. So, you know how we had Freddy versus Jason in the early 2000s? They wanted to do that since the late 80s, but they could never make it happen. But one versus that also briefly got discussed was Michael Myers versus uh, Pinhead. Which that would have been interesting, I think. One Doesn't one have fucking hell dimension powers and the one just uh, the fucking Terminator? But Michael's very, very, very evil. Okay, then. <laughs> That's his... Yeah. So, yeah, that was last fucking episode of Rock Love. It sucked. Now, because... We became a disaster. Now, because I love you, like our show, and hate myself, I made sure to write the lyrics down for this fucking theme uh, song. good dude. Good on you. Please, let me introduce myself. I'm gonna get you off like there's no one else. Please, let me be your flesh and blood, your dirty secret, your... Rock of love. Rock of love. Of love. This man gets paid millions of dollars. At the time. Well, yeah. I don't know if he's getting paid millions of dollars now. You think he was getting paid millions of dollars to come to our fair? Yes, I'm sure he did. (laughs) No, I'm saying to come to our fair. I don't know millions of dollars, but thousands of dollars. Thousands for sure. And he isn't showing up because uh, COVID. COVID, yes. Sad. That does suck to happen to him. So the girls wake up. It's the morning. Obviously, I mean, in the shitty fun? honeymoon hotel. Okay, did we out re- in the middle of fucking who knows? Fucking, we, we where. took we took a minute to rant about this. Not rant, but just shit talk. This hotel. These poor girls had shitty ass gimmicky beds, like spaceships and shit. It was whack. Well, one had the fucking spaceship, and yeah. that was sadly Miss Britney Star. Yes, I think that's her like stage name. It's probably Star. So Taya or Taya, I think it's Taya. Uh, she's talking how she wants more dates. Ashley's talking about how she wants Brittany gone. And she says her sleeping in the alien room makes sense because aliens need to abduct her fat ass and bring her to somewhere else because we don't want her. I hate Ashley. She's not fun. Yeah, no. Friggin' uh, Ashley is just total, just like friggin' pure like meanness. Yeah, it's just mean and big boobs. Yeah, yeah, it's not like and weird eye makeup. Yeah, did you notice that too? Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't. I guess I'm not one. It's to talk. something with the time period for sure. I could say that. Yeah. But Ashley's just all mean. That's kind of the shit that they were having on like Jersey Shore and like uh, that one. I remember there was one reality show I actually used to watch. It took place at like a beauty shop in New Jersey. <clears throat> the, the the women were all awful, but I was a teenager and they were all hot with big boobs. So I, They're I all watched, hot with big boobs. So I watched so. that show a lot. So did you write what the notes said? Because I only no had- because it, I couldn't <coughs> pause and write it down. It's not rhyming. It's not worth it. But all I could wrote like I wrote down was like I didn't see the note. But good morning, my tenacious twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to spit up water this time. And all it says is like, you're going to Champaign, Illinois. And Kelsey just goes, "Mm, I love Champaign. Hit me up with that bottle, baby. It's like they weren't even trying. Yeah, I just wrote here. Everyone packs up, finds the note. Tenacious 12. Fuck you, Brett. Champaign, Illinois. I did specifically get the line. I'm looking for a woman who's fast on her life while no no who's fast on her toes or whatever and while loving the rock and roll life i don't know 
So they go to the David Palmer Ice Rink in Champagne. In Champagne, bro. <clears throat> and they all walk on the ice without skates for no reason. Melissa walks out and says, as soon as I walked in, I knew we were, I know we were going ice skating. I'm like, really? You figured that out when you went into the building that was literally labeled ice rink? Cool. Cool. <clears throat> so i um, so as they're all walking, they're slipping and falling all over the place. They play that one classical music piece from the Nutcracker. I felt bad. I couldn't remember the piece because it's my favorite part. It's my favorite song from the play and it was used in uh, Bioshock. Um, so the challenge is save you all some time, save us some time. They brought back baby Brett and he's aged. He's got long hair now. Oh fuck. I didn't notice that. Did he actually? Yeah. <laughs> they put long hair on freaking baby Brett. The same banana freaking yellow hair that Brett has. Oh man. Oh, Brett's hair. Brett's hair gets a mention in this I wrote episode. down like the, what was the freaking uh, stipulate, what was the freaking rules of the challenge, but that actually comes later. I just know that it's a baby Brett challenge as freaking ice hockey. The, the ladies yeah. got to freaking go against like some of uh, like the women's like hockey, like freaking club. I wrote, but they also bring back one lady. What's up, skanks? Uh, yeah. Lacey's here. Yeah, it's fucking Lacey. And none of the girls are stoked. Yeah. But then I'm just sitting there like, why am I like more stoked for Lacey? I feel like she seems cooler than this fucking crew. She's more entertaining. Oh, she is 10 times more entertaining. <laughs> Way more. I wrote here, I said, yeah, they're recycling the baby breath challenge from season two, but it's on, but now ice. on ice. I wrote here, I said, if they had a season four, maybe they could have gone to space. And, and Brett's just like, yeah, this is like the one lady where I, yeah, I got oh, stabbed yeah. in bed, but I was able to make it alive. And Lacey's like, yeah, you know you like it. Oh, yeah, I did. And then kind of turned me on. And then after I said the baby Brett in space thing, I wrote here, bro, rock it, ship of love. Mm. <laughs> Missed anyway. opportunity, bro. So yeah, Brett's they, uh, sci-fi adventure <laughs> while trying to find like his freaking rocket of love. Oh my god! And then he could, and then he could have a crossover with Manuel. <laughs> Emmanuel, Manuel in space. Manuel in space. Are we gonna have to see fucking breast <laughs> three inch chode? <laughs> oh no! Don't you remember that one episode from season two where he had like the really tight jeans or whatever, and his bulge was just massive? I commented on it. I I don't know if he has penis pump, but or he's just stuffing stuff down there to make his penis look big. But I was like, hey, potentially nice cock, bro. <laughs> so, um, where the fuck was I? Oh yeah, so yeah, Lacey's there. They Everyone like hates it. Yeah, they, they like actually show a clip montage of her doing wax shit, including from School of Whatever uh, with Charm School, Charm School with Sharon Osbourne saying something effective. I um. This close of telling you to fuck off. <laughs> or no, something. This, it literally was, okay, I got you, bro. I okay, got good, you. Because, like, freaking, they had the highlights uh -uh. of Lacey causing mayhem and charm school and Rocket Love One. And you got just Sharon just narrating Lacey, evil Lacey. You are pushing me to the point where I'm going to tell you to fuck off home. See, I'm glad and, you're here. And I just wrote that uh -uh. Lacey is sadly cooler than these 
crew of chicks. Yeah, she was she was cool. I see these ladies getting bitched out by Sharon Osbourne. See, I'm glad you wrote that down. You're the Sharon Osbourne mark. I don't know if you're and a, if you want some good Sharon Osbourne fucking impressions, go oh, check dude, out yeah. our freaking "We Sold Our Souls to Rock and Roll." That's still one of my favorite episodes we did, especially when she's like arguing with the fucking no chin pastor. <laughs> The chinless pastor. Why do you hate the gays? Why? No, I love. <laughs> I love the. I love the gays. I love them through Christ. Oh no! It just said saying. Have you ever heard of these vampire sex parties? <laughs> where, they, where they? Have where you ever heard of women and golden rain? <laughs> by God, you're a dirty little man, aren't you? By the way, uh, by the way, you told me to remind you. Uh, remember, we got to jack that guy for a sound bit. <laughs> <laughs> always remind me um, I'm not recording any bands yeah we could be practicing but oh no now the fucking family like freaking thing is now on the other shoe Diz- Bitch. Dil- good friend Dylan committed the cardinal ah. committed the cardinal sin of hanging out with his family no instead of going to band practice how dare he have like established healthy relationships with his family fucking asshole <laughs> so back to Brad what a cunt See, that's why I'm glad you're here because you're the you're the Sharon Osbourne mark. Well, I don't know if you're a mark, but no, I think Sharon Osbourne sucks. Yeah, but yeah, but you do a really good impression of her voice, and she says a lot of funny things. Oh no, the best is watching Sharon Osbourne just getting fucking berated by ICP. Oh my god, yeah, I've you seen guys that. are nothing. You guys will never make it in business. How much? How many people showed up in your club? And stuff. It's like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> fuck you and your fucking rubber head, like your freaking like base head husband. You guys will never make it in music business. How many records have you sold? It will be never more than my husband. I'm a powerful being in the music business. Whatever, you fucking fat tit bitch. I just loved it because I like vibe with ICP more because like forget like you're fucking your fucking band you managed freaking cold chamber didn't bring in anyone they brought in like three of their fans and then they're just playing boring ass sets and they're hogging much of the merch and shit and then they're getting pissed that they aren't getting paid much because we're saying it's like you guys aren't bringing no one and then we kicked them off the tour it's like that's not how you treat the band and I'm like you're just mad that they're gonna be a bigger band than you. No. And ICP, here's the thing about ICP. They're all DIY. They're still, yeah. They are got gold records doing it themselves. Yep. I don't think Ozzy can say that. Well, early Black Sabbath. Maybe. But, but then again, but they were that manager was, base. They were, they were manager base. You're right, actually. But now, no more Sharon. Sorry, we have to go talk about Brett and his big bulge, you as you funny? stated. <laughs> She was really high on Cold Chamber. You remember they did that cover of Peter Gabriel's Shock the Monkey? Yeah, with, with Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah. They even got him for the music video. So clearly she was a fan of Loco. Loco. That was Cold Chamber, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Come on, Cold Chamber sucks. <laughs> so everyone on this cast is like, fuck, it's goddamn her. Oh fuck. We're talking about a fucking and, rock love. And then um and then Brett introduces the hockey ladies, these big tough gals, and they're going to help them learn how to skate, but then also kick their ass. Brittany goes on this weird thing about how I was a competitive hockey skater, and no, she I was actually, a competitive figure skater, figure skater, and she actually won gold medals and could have been an Olympic competitor. That's what that's what she said. Okay then. Cool, dude. Like, she looked like she's skating fine. Then this was weird. Then she says, but I'm proud of how my life turned out in adult entertainment. And like. 
Yeah. Hear that awkward pause? That's what happened. She like spaced the fuck out for a second. It was weird. Yeah, no, Brittany's on some shit, bro. So yeah, the ladies are ice skating. Yeah. And everyone kind of sucks. There's a lot of people falling around. Except for Kelsey. Kelsey and Brittany are competent and Beverly is being shown as, quote, the worst. Yeah. In quotations. The worst. So. Like she can't stand on skates and quotate like what well, we're being shown that Beverly can't friggin' skate. Yeah, no, they, they, they put it forward that she's like bumbling. Yeah. And so. Brett uh, then picks team captains. Who we got? Captains are Natasha, Maria, and, Ashley, and A bomb. Your girl A bomb. That's what you know what. That's what they used to fucking call that shit that uh, A Rod would do when he was playing with who was it? I think the Yankees or something. It was. It's an A bomb from A Rod. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Fuck off. Anyway, so do you want to just so do you want to just name the teams one by one, or you want to go in order that they picked them? Uh, I didn't get the order that they picked them because okay, I'd rather good. just do the freaking team captain. So there's blue team, which is Natasha, Britannia. Mindy and Taya. And for the black team, we have Kelsey, <laughs> Ashley, Farrah, and the Brazilian Wonderland, Marcia. Yeah, Brett had a weird fucking like announcement voice going. Ah, that's right. And then for Team Black, we had Ashley. Black. Wait, I thought I did. Wait. No, I, I did black. Oh, wait. Did you do the Marcia? Oh, wait. That's right. Uh, sorry. So for pink team. For the pink team. We have on for the pink team. Um, for the pink team. There's Maria, Melissa, Brittany, and Beverly. Aha. Beverly. Get ready for today's excitement of hockey and shit. So the way it works is there's three goals. The closest one to them is one point. Middle is three. Farthest one away is five. The idea is they have to get baby. They have three baby Bretts, each team. We have to get them in as many goals as possible. Team with the most points wins. They don't care if baby Brent gets stabbed to death by Lacey. Baby Brent. Brent. Fuck. Fuck. So. But yes. Yeah. All right. The blue team goes first. They, and get, sh- they get Shrek. Did you explain how it, how it's the rules are? So, did you explain the rules? Uh, just that there were three babies. No, and that they okay. Each team gets three rounds to try to freaking take uh, shoot Burby, baby Brett into Burby a Brett. Burby Brett into a, a freaking um a goal, and each goal has varying points of like distance. So obviously the. Quit like the shortest distance is point one. The middle distance is three points, and then the farthest distance is five points. They get three rounds to try to score into each of like the thing, each of the freaking goals. So blue team goes first, and their first round they get wrecked. Yeah. They're all like falling around, and ow, Britannia's belly piercing that got moved around a little. Oh bit. yeah, that's right. She was bleeding. A, not like gushing blood. No, yeah, but there was blood. There was a little blood. I'm just like, ow, that's a stinger. Then in the second round for the blue team, Mindy scores one point. She's able to get in the one-point goal. And then for round three, Mindy was able to score the three-point goal, thus giving blue team four points. Also, Natasha took a a pretty bad fall or something. Yeah, did you see that replay? Her head, she was wearing a helmet, but her head snapped against the ice. But she, see, I wrote down, I was like, okay, Natasha smacked her head falling, but also seemed like she kind of knocked the. Sound like she, like how she was like in pain, like she knocked the wind out of her. 
Because she's wearing a helmet, so I'm sure her head got rattled, but she seemed like friggin' like... Yeah, yeah. but when your head gets rattled like that and when your uh, wind gets knocked out of you, it's like, bro, that's some disorienting shit. And then I wrote down, it just got uncomfortable. I don't like seeing pretty women like crying. It's not It's not good television. Yeah. It makes me want to turn it off. It's I was not my, Not my kink. So Brett ha- says Natasha took the fall like a man. She took it as best she can. Next is black team. Round one, uh, they got Shreked. Yes. And then round two, Kelsey <coughs> was able to score uh, the the friggin' uh, shortest distance goal for one point. And take three, Kelsey scores uh, one more point. Just one point. For two points. And then everyone goes like, the other team had four points. And she's like, oh my god, I did it. And like, friggin' like, Farrah's just like, dude, what a dumb fuck. I wrote here, Farrah and her boobs are pissed. Yes. Pink team, Brett says if, he, if they tie, he's gonna go on a date with Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to win. <laughs> and then Beverly. Did you just cough out your freaking gum? Oh, no, no. Uh, that was my tooth. So, with the. No, it's uh, it's the little weird thing that goes on water bottles. Oh, okay. Yeah, your little chew piece thing. Don't worry. It got here on my arm. Yeah, I was like tripping. I was like, what the fuck did you just cough out right now? So, black. Uh, sorry, the paint team. So, Beverly turns out she was paying, She was playing possum a little bit. She's a skating savant. Melissa, uh, she t- leans over to Melissa. She's like, hey. Give me baby Brett. And then Melissa's like, were you pretending not to skate this whole time? Then I guess Marissa just... uh, Uh, Beverly. Beverly just nods at her. And she's like, like, oh, hell yeah. And like, this was an edit cut mess. We don't know what happened, but Pink Team was able to get to the five-point goal and win. And Beverly said the word stoked. And I was like... And Melissa ate shit. And she's like, oh my God, did I like pop my boob? And then there's a funny bit because now they're all back. Uh, I almost said backstage. Now they're all back in the locker rooms and a doctor's checking her out. And she's like, well, what are your boobs made out of? Like, what's the sil- uh, what's the material? Of is the it like implant? silicone or is it something else? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, huh. Hopefully, I, I would like to hope you would know what material you're putting in your body. And then, yeah. And then Ashley and then Ashley makes a comment. She must have gotten like a $150 boob job in $300. Tijuana. $300, whatever, in Tijuana because boobs shouldn't pop like that. They can, obviously. Yeah, but they shouldn't pop for uh, no reason and unless they're just a cheap boob job. Did they look like a cheap boob job to you? They look like boobs. <laughs> they look like big boobs. I didn't know boobs look like boobs. Well, I don't know. I'm not going around punching fake titties to see if they pop or not. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Okay, so. Uh, That's a thing called sexual harassment and getting harassed by the cops. And also, that'd be assault charge, too. Yeah, that's not. Sexual assault isn't. Dr. Dictator Radio Show does not condone sexual assault. Yes, please don't do that. And don't go around going like, it's the name of science. Will these fake titties (laughs) pop? Oh, my God. Today on Mythbusters. Today on Brobusters. <laughs> well, I watched a Bruce Lee. We'll see if I can one inch punch <coughs> pop a fucking fake tit. Oh, I'm choking. Goodbye. Now you gotta do the Bruce Lee. It's like what the hell? Gotta do that shit. Hey, ma'am, are those are those real boobs? Oh uh, no. <laughs> Perfect. Did you just punch me in my tit? It's like, does it feel like it popped? You seem like you got good hard boobs. I'm calling the cops. I'm gonna run now. <laughs> So the losers, I wrote the lovers by accident. The losers head to the pink bus and they notice that well, they Brit- both head to the buses. Yeah. Because the winners go on to Brett's bus, oh, I yeah. think. His big black bus. So then they notice Brittany's bed for some reason smells really bad. And apparently, 
ladies and gentlemen, and everyone outside and in between. She's stashing food, ketchup, and everybody's Packets. socks. Yeah, they like go run rummage through Britney's like crap, and Britney won won the challenge, so she's on Brett's bus. But they're like, this be- this bug smells like shit. It's like, why is there food here? And then for the why fir- is there ketchup packets? Why is there empty ketchup packets? Is that her socks? And then for the first, and I'm pretty sure only time in this show's history, they show us a flashback, and the words on the screen say, "Not a dramatization." So apparently they just had a camera set up in the locker room, just chilling. They didn't tear down and just you see Brittany walk in and taking like the black socks that they use for today's challenge. And she was hoarding them in a bag. No context is ever given. I'm going to say right now they confront her about it later. She never talks about it. So it's like, what the fuck? And like they're used socks and they're like, ew, the sock is wet. It must be fresh sweat. Oh my God. Did she just literally take socks and we're just sitting there like. <sighs> Brittany is a wild lady. <laughs> this is something going on. Now, James, you played sports and you. I'm kn- not taking people's socks. Do you think there's an economical, logical, maybe even psychological reason why someone would want to take about 12 people's pairs of socks. Used socks. Uh, it's uh, better than paying for her actual socks. You oh my ju- God. Do you think she just... Do you think she just wanted free socks? Uh, have you met this lady? <laughs> she kind of comes off where it's like, free socks are free socks. Uh, I might as well just take them. Oh my God. That's funny. Hey, hot water, were, hey, hot water will clean it. Fair. <clears throat> so, Brett, Melissa, Beverly, Brittany, and Natasha... They go to a strip club called Big Al's. I know, great date. It's like they all like show up. It was like, bruh, we're going to a strip club. But there's like fans or something outside as Brett's walking into a strip club. And the club owner makes it a big deal that he's there. And I was like, maybe he is on tour. I don't know. I guess he is on tour. And Melissa is just like, oh my God. I wrote here. No, I think I found out. I get used to it. Wait, you say it. I was say the strippers come up and they're all on Melissa. Well, like she says, where it's like, oh, I got to the limelight. And he's like, you know, what? I can you no, know I can handle this lifestyle. And then she's also saying all the strippers took to me. And there was like a stripper that had like one of her boobs like fell out of her like freaking flimsy dress. And I'm just like, it was a lot of Melissa talking. But I feel like all the strippers were being friendly to all of like Brett's like freaking uh, ladies he has for the show. But whatever, Melissa's just on what on her thing. So and then, like, they're hanging out. They get some drinks. Yes. And then Brett asks the ladies to come up, his like winners of the date, to go dance on stage. Now, three out of the four ladies are wearing dresses. Yes. Beverly is in some fucking chill vibe. She's wearing like a camo pants, a tank top, yeah. and flip flops. Yeah. I know great date clothes. Maria was wearing something too dangerous for TV. Yeah. I was like, you're... I would, that's I would, a little too hot of an outfit. I would have preferred, honestly, Beverly's outfit to some of the other ones. <laughs> but, um... Come on, they're on a hot rock and roll date. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that happens. They get everyone up there. Beverly's not vibing. Like, all the other ladies are just like, woo, yeah. And, like, literally, Beverly's stuck on stage just, like, not doing anything. Yeah, and then... And, like, awkwardly, like, seems like she cannot leave the stage. Yeah. All these ladies are just getting the fuck down. 
I can imagine the producers off off camera being like, "No, you gotta stay there and look unhappy. Otherwise, the viewers at home won't get it, <laughs> or something." Because you know, people in TV treat the audience like they're stupid. Yeah, and then the rest of the ladies arrive to the hotel. This is the part where I go on one of those rants that you go on, uh, like when we talk about like folks with no life experience or like that crazy dude in Vegas you were talking about earlier. No, like the these dude in ladies, front of Grilla, you mean the fucking plebe in front of Grilla, Grilla Mall. Mall. Yeah, this fucking this, geek. These ladies get to the hotel and like for almost a solid minute. Oh, I'm going to carry my bags upstairs. Oh, I'm getting all sweaty. I don't want to carry my bags upstairs. This is bullshit. And I'm like, it's a single. It's one of those two floor motels. It's a single flight of stairs. And like, just they also have to carry everyone else's bags, too. No, I get that. That part sucks. But it's just like. Yeah, I, that that was me being a boomer and being it's just like, like oh my god. No, I'm just says like shut the fuck up. And I also see it's like half their weight, half their body weight's in their boobs, and like they're also wearing really aggressive heels. They're just not ready to freaking carry shit up stairs. Doing anything sucks in heels. I don't get why women wear heels. I understand how I it understand. looks attractive, but look like, hot. come on, <laughs> you can never not not look hot. I think a chicken. I think a chicken like those uh, those like black boots that you see at punk shows are hotter than heels. Doc Martens, yeah, dude, or chicken chucks, some Converse. Ooh, oh man, is it getting warm in here? Man, it's feeling kind of fuego. Do you hear 1970s funk in the background? Because I'm feeling kind of frisky. Why are you getting fucking hot and horny on the fucking show? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. It's just me here. I'm no one else kidding. is here. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a goof in the gaff. Have a laugh. If you need to rub one off, go to your car and go somewhere else on the property where I don't see you. <laughs> so anyway, yes. Privileged women yell about having to carry bags. And that was funny. So back at the club, same old, same old. More dance. sexy dances. But now there's a couch on stage. Yeah. What the f- and Beverly decided to lay on the couch. It's like, are they just preventing her from like not being there? She looks like she's forced to be there by gunpoint. Yeah, and everyone else is like, oh yeah. Look at did her. you did you notice? I think For it might have been Melissa or someone. Did you notice while she was laying on the couch, like one of the ladies just started like grinding up on Beverly? Just like kind of dancing on her almost. You see that? I guess. No, yeah, I wasn't man. paying attention because I had to take, I was taking notes. Well, Beverly's the but only one like, I like, so I was paying attention and I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? And then like, friggin', I think there's a moment where friggin' Britney's also getting grinding up on Brett, but that Brett knows is like, Beverly just does not seem like she's getting into it. And that's not rock and roll. Maybe I should pull her aside. I'm going to take her to the VIP lounge and talk to her. Before that, I have some Britney cringe. For whatever reason, she starts talking about uh, something, something when she was in porn. And she says the line, she says how when she worked in porn, she empowered women and taught them about retirement funds. And then she starts crying. She was crying. like also a producer and shit. Yeah. She says she was a director and producer. And then she's also an actress. And I just wrote, Okay. Okay. So Brett and Beverly talk. Cool, dude. Brett and Beverly talk. Um, she says how she's got three kids, doesn't want them and their friends to see it. And Brett yeah, says- Yeah, they don't want to see her acting like a fool on national television. And Brett says in the talking head that he's like, I get it, but we're away from the kids and she's kind of a buzzkill. And I It's wrote, on television. And I said, that's kind of a dick thing to say. Have you met Brett? Well- this is like season two, Brett, where he was kind of a douche. The, the last two episodes, it felt like season one, Brett, where he's like, okay, he's just a goofy rock star. This I'm like, bro, you're being a dick for TV now. So like they go for a kiss, but Brett's hat stabs Beverly's eyes. It's like, it's like, hey, Brett, don't be so self-conscious about your fucking hairline. Yeah, your fucking banana colored hair. 
That goofy <laughs> piece of shit. So back at the hotel, everyone's getting pissed because I guess it's late at night and Brett and them haven't come back yet. And then Ferris says the line, I hope they're not having sex. Well, except for Maria because, you know, she's hot. I'm like, okay. Oh, fair game. Fair game. It's like, so, come on. I hope they're not having sex. Sex. It's like, that won't be cool. Except Maria. She's pretty hot. Like, it's not like I want to not, not have sex with Maria. So as soon as Brittany walks back in, they start asking her about the socks. And then Brittany says she asked the staff if she could have the socks. And that's all the context we get on that. And then they scream at each other. And then Brittany just decides to sleep on the bus. Yeah. Which the. Depending. They literally berated her. Like she was getting freaking verbally assaulted by all these ladies. It was like it was like Christy Joe in season two. It was like twelve on one. But this is also Brittany is like really weird and sketch. Brittany is sketch. I know people thought Christy Joe was sketch, but no, Brittany's like sketch. She's weird. But, and then she's just like, decide I'm just gonna sleep in the bus. I'm not hanging out in this hotel. Fuck you, bitches. And oh, bro, the best part of this best whole part of the show. Oh, this is like a golden moment. I'll let you take it. I can almost say this could be in our hall awesome, but this ne- scene right here. But there needs to be more development. Like this can't just like this one scene here, I don't think would be worthy of a hall awesome. Only if this person does more did more, sure. But this scene here is golden. So it's in the middle of the night. And Melissa decides to call someone. Guessing it's her, like, boo. Her, like, boy toy, boyfriend, you know, whatever the fuck. And we get subtitles, and this is what we got. Like hell, wait, like hell, I'm over this. Screw this. I don't need this shit. I'm better than this. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't like him as a person. Then we get, a like, a talking head pause as Britannia just realizes, oh, shit, wait. Is she on the phone with someone? Is she talking about Brett? That's not cool. And then we go back to Melissa. Brett wears extensions. I'm like, wow, he really looks old. Like, how old is he? (laughs) And then we get a Natasha talking head saying where she's like, dude, she's really saying horrible things about Brett. And that's not cool. And and I just wrote down, Natasha, please stop. Get some help. What are you doing? (laughs) And then, like, Melissa then continues saying, I don't respect him as a person, so there is no way this is going to work. And then, like, the ladies are just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And in the morning, we get Natasha just freaking giving news. Breaking news. Melissa was on the phone with someone last night, and she is telling, she is saying horrible, I wrote down telling truths, about Brett. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God, not cool. And, oh, dude, I got to take a shit. I'm sorry. What the fuck? Sorry. Got to take a break. We'll be back. Listeners, we're back. After taking a nice break because, uh, you know, fuck Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah, where were we? Yeah, we're talking about the greatest thing of, like, Melissa dissing Brett's weave. And that was the great. most. That was the most based red pill shit. Oh, and you're also going to hear the tunes of, like, Jimi Hendrix, like, freaking licks in the background. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't give a fuck. What kind of podcast is because this? Because the wind. This ain't no voiceover. We're not reading you an audiobook. We're telling you about a shitty fucking reality show because the wind cries mary and we cry fuck brett oh so i do have tears in my eyes going realizing (laughs) fuck brett michaels so then everyone well and let's bust this out so we can go get some wings yeah we're gonna get some wings so everyone chicken so everyone in the morning everyone confronts melissa and they're basically like yo you got a cell phone she's like i don't have to tell you that and she's like they're like give us your cell phone she's like i don't have one i don't have to do anything and that's the scene 
she kind of doesn't have to. It's like, I don't have anything to prove to you, but it's like, at the same time, I was like, eh, you kind of were talking shit on Brett, and like, these ladies are going to be defensive, but whatever. It's, it's, you Melinda is a hero. Melissa is a I hero. Making fun of Brett's banana colored do. Um, oh, yeah, so, right. As they were roasted, she does come back from the hospital and confirm her one of her, bo- her boob is leaking, and she like tore a tendon in her wrist. How'd the wrist thing happen? I don't... No, she, like, slammed on the ground. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. She slammed on the ice. That's true. So, yeah, I so, wrote down as the ladies went Brett Justice Warrior on Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the BJWs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> BJ, like, blowjob. Yeah. So, Brett like comes to talk. So, Brett comes in, like, it's the morning. Brett comes in to say hello to his ladies, and he sees Brittany and Melissa are cast off. Yeah, it's they're like, just chilling on a couch. Yeah, and it's like, oh, what's this dark room about? And then, freaking Brittany tries to say the girls are a bunch of jelly bellies. And then, Natasha tells Brett <laughs> about the fucking, like, dude, she fucking... Took so- took our fucking socks from the hockey rink and shit. And Brett's like, whoa, whoa. And Natalia is like, whoa, whoa. Brittany's like taking socks? Okay, now we're getting a little weird. What's the going on? I don't know if this is the part where he says the mystique of the porn star is like coming no, off. No, that's why he says the porn star mystique starting to wear off. I think it wore off pretty quick. It wore off pretty quick, yeah. It might have even wore off the first episode. I think so. At least the second episode for sure. Yeah. That I feel like, okay. Well, maybe we see more, because we don't know what Brett's seeing. He could just be in his fucking pad, also, in his fucking bus, just chilling with Big John. Also, he's wearing- Watching a- Britney's videos and smacking his meat. Also, he's wearing a cowboy hat that says American Outlaw on it, and it has a skull right in the center, and it's camo. I wrote here- Fuego. I wrote here, okay, boomer. So, so Farrah and Ashley- yeah. A-bomb. A-bomb. So they pull Brett aside. I guess these two are the, uh, you know, these reality shows, you always got to have the folks that team up, you know, first season had Heather and Lacey. I guess these are these two, the we got our, the big blonde twins. Yeah, the blonde big boob twins. Uh, so they're an A-bomb as they talk to Brett to tell him about Melissa's phone call. So they talk to him about how, oh, she called you old and said you had hair extensions. And did you notice Brett did not deny wearing, having fake hair? He did not. So he, they do that. He goes to talk to her. Is it Melissa or Melinda? Melissa. I have both for some reason. Yeah. Goes talk to Melissa. And, sa, then, sa, sa. and she's like, I never made a phone call. And she's like, nah, they just hate me because I'm intelligent. And you, I wrote you here. You come off sketching your lie. And I wrote here again. Okay, boomer. So she talks about. She talks to her him about how she feels like Brett hasn't really had a chance to get to know her. And she kind of talks shit on the fact that even though she was having fun and dancing willingly, she all of a sudden hated. Well, since they got back, she hated the fact that they went to a strip club for their date um, and that she hasn't got he hasn't gotten a chance to get to know her. And he says that she is a bipolar roller coaster. I swear to God, no one knew what that meant back then. Maybe Brett did, but friggin' yeah, I just wrote down the conversation just starts to take a dump, and then she starts just like, Brett, come on, keep eye contact with me. It's like, I am. Well, you keep like, she's like, your I know, I know, your eyes kind of, I mean, what, is she just, is supposed to be like Mass Effect, where they just make direct eye contact from, it's like, 
Like, could you imagine having a conversation like this where it's just like, I can start oh. seeing the pores on your fucking cheeks? Like, no, no. I don't want to do that. Yeah, no. So Melissa's pretty aggro. Yeah. Whatever. It's now eliminations. Oh, thank fucking God. <sighs> yeah. So any pre-limb notes? I was to say, Brett. It not much. Brett walks down. They're in the theater. Brett asks if anyone has anything to say. Ferris speaks up on like, "Hey, someone is like making phone calls to what seems like their boyfriend, and they're just talking trash on you, and they're just totally not here." But she never says Melissa's name. Yeah. And then Melissa. She takes a minute and she's basically like, you know what? I realize I don't want to be here. And she eats off. And then Brett's just like, well, thanks for being honest, but I got rid of other girls to keep you. So well, also Brett made a cute joke prior where Brett also says like, hey, someone's talking about my hair, but I pay for the best extension Europe has to offer. <laughs> I didn't catch that part. I'm just like, so I guess he did admit it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is. So, we were saying this first episode. He is self-aware a bit. He's becoming very self-aware. So then, um, yeah. Next is the eliminations. So, well, yeah, because Melissa speaks out that she's not feeling it, and Brett says like, "Hey, I knew you were a player," and she's like, "Well, it takes one to know one and stuff." It's like, "Hey, you know what? Your Torrance here. Now get the fuck out." Yeah. And all the ladies are cheering. And when Woo, I yeah, yeah, when yeah. I first heard this on Reality Graveyard, the like those ladies were going like, "Oh my god, Brett said it was so much authority or something." And when I heard him do it, it's like. So like a bitch. This isn't. This is less brutal than the death of Brandy M. Oh yeah, dude. The death of Brandy M was pretty brutal. I still feel bad about that because she was around for a while and like had a lot of chemistry with Brett. And she, I thought she was one of the better ladies on there. And he just fucking murked her. Yeah. So Brett tells her to fuck off. No, no. And he's, Melissa bounces out. Off. Yeah, Melissa bounces out and she's like, "Hey, I have a leaky boob and a throbbing arm. I'm in pain, and none of this was worth it." I was like. You're not wrong on that one. At least one. she's honest. Yeah. Fuck Brett. So the people he decides to keep. He decides to keep Kelsey. Natasha. Farah. A-bomb. Ashley. I actually wrote Far I actually wrote A-bomb Farah. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, Ashley. So that's funny. Taya. Britannia. Maria. Mindy. Marcia. And now it's down to the final pass as the last two standing are Beverly and Brittany. Yeah. And you know what's weird about the season two? I kind of noticed. You remember how eliminations ladies would just grab their passes and walk back where they were standing? They grab their passes and bounce out of the room. So now yeah. you just see the awkwardly the two people left. I'm like, uh. Not as busy. It almost feels like there's a little bit of weight, but at the same time, it's like, huh, just kind of looks. Maybe weird. they thought it. Maybe they thought it conveyed a more intense feeling because it's like, ooh, it's like the, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a sort of one on one with them and Brett. I don't know. So I was worried here because I'm like, Brittany's whack, but she's a hot blonde porn star, and Brett, as we saw in season two, especially with someone like Destiny. He likes to, he specifically keeps people around for trouble and interesting. That was the same thing with last week. He had three crazy ladies there, but he was like, you know what? I likes me some trouble. And I was like, you know what? Brittany was the only, uh, Beverly was the only one I like. So he's probably going to send her home. But he gives Beverly the pass. Because as I wrote here, maybe Brett doesn't hate me after all. And then Brittany Starr is eliminated and like, Britney's just awkwardly left there, and there's like psycho music playing because you know, like the ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And she's just sitting there, just smiling, and just like, and then like, you just have her like talking head of her like post eliminated. It's like, oh my God. Why is this me? Oh, it would have been so cool. But yeah, no. 
And then in the credits, we have Brittany having a fucking shade off with Ashley and Farrah. And that was the episode. Fuck. Yeah. Rock of love. Rock of love. We go yeah, get some another chicken. bad episode. So, yeah. But first, let me tell I like, well, listen to the Rowdy Graveyard. Those ladies went to Britney Starr's IMDb. What? And listen to these fucking films. Oh, God. Try not to laugh. You ready? Okay. Party Bus Pussy Patrol. <laughs> and there's like five of those. <laughs> and then she has a movie called My First Porn Set. Compulsion. Lust in Time. Uh, what's this one? Ergasmic. The Capture. <laughs> what was that first one again? Party Bus Pussy Patrol. <laughs> there was five of those. There's like a couple, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's the shit you can't Like, make you get up. Party Bus Pussy Patrol 3. Directed by Britney Starr. Ooh. Creative control. There's also freaking Rectal Rooter 9. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. No, but she was very empowering. She empowered those women and taught them about retirement funds. And then there's Irresistible Asia. With Asia Carrera. I, oh, I remember her. Ah, uh, what's this one? Heavy handfuls three. <laughs> Dude, aren't like porn title names the best? And then there's Rocks That Ass 21. Asses are forever. And Edward is dead. This shit's too wild, son. Too wild. No, it's even. Forever? Yep. Asses are forever. Also, while also trying to look her up, I actually got a link to her fucking Spotify. <laughs> what? Yeah, we got songs like We Love You Las Vegas and I Wanna Fuck the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> But then everything else is pretty normal, like, oh, Britney Stars album Counting Stars, where it's like, oh, then there was you, Secrets, Trouble with Love, Flutter by, by as in B-U-Y, Sexual, Funky DJ, Star Vision Tonight, Emotional Street, I want to funk the DJ, not fuck the DJ. Oh my God. Yeah. Bro, I'm literally, I was, I'm literally on the floor of our, of our studio. I can't. Well, you're lucky, because it's time to go out. Thank you, everyone. This is the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Adios. Let's get some chicken. That's right. Ow, fuck. Dude. Huh?